Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast includes frank discussions of mature themes that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. This podcast is intended to provide encouragement and support through personal storytelling. The views expressed are the opinions of the participants and not intended to be medical, legal, clinical, or professional information or advice of any kind. Welcome to the Bubble Hour. 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 Welcome, 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 welcome to the Bubble Hour. I own it. I did that. Not proud, but that was me. And when I face it, I take back a little dignity. Not looking for excuses. I just want to be free from the power weakness head on. And you're listening to The Bubble Hour. Hello and welcome to The Bubble Hour Archives, a treasure trove of episodes ranging from 2012 to 2022. I'm recovery advocate and author Jean McCarthy. I joined The Bubble Hour as a host in season two. Together with other hosts over the years, Ellie, Lisa, Amanda, and Catherine, we all extend to you our gratitude for listening and a heartfelt wish that this podcast will find a welcome home in your recovery toolkit. The resources mentioned on the show are available at thebubblehour.com, including information on the online support group called the BFB, or Booze Free Brigade, often mentioned on the show. Now, if you're hearing this message, you're listening to one of our free archived episodes, and we'll make sure that there are loads of these available for you to enjoy. These are partial versions of the original recordings, and if you want to hear more, you can listen to full versions and the entire back catalog ad-free by joining us on Patreon. So just head to patreon.com slash thebubblehour to learn more. I'll also put a link in the show notes to make it even easier for you to find that. So, all right then, enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. This is Ellie, and welcome to the Bubble Hour, where real people tell real stories of addiction and recovery. And tonight, in honor of Mother's Day, uh, my co-host Amanda and I are going to be reading pieces that were submitted, and these are all pieces that were written by mothers, and most of them touch directly on motherhood in some way. And tonight, we just wanted to do a brief introduction that says that whether you are a mother struggling with alcohol or you're tackling early recovery or you've been a sober mom for a while, we, would, we want to recognize that there are some unique challenges that are faced by moms. They're not harder challenges, just, just different challenges. And often the stigma can feel amplified for mothers because in addition to facing an alcohol problem, there are also fears of being branded a bad mother. And mothers already face all kinds of pressures, both from society and also self-induced, we all do it, to feel perfect. And all too often, alcohol becomes a means of escape from the challenges and the boredom and the daily grind of mothering. The catch, though, is that you can't selectively numb out only the hard feelings or the hard stuff. You also 
if you're escaping with alcohol, you're also numbing out the joy and the laughter and the gifts of motherhood as well. So if you're listening tonight and you are struggling and you think you're alone, please listen to these beautiful words that have been submitted by brave moms who are just like you and many of whom have successfully managed to get sober and stay sober and are sharing their experience and strength and hope tonight. So Amanda, you're going to start us off? Sure. Hi, everyone. So I have a submission here, drinking and motherhood. A mom wants to get sober. I decided this morning that I must make a change in my life before something bad happens. I have an awesome, awesome husband who would do anything for me and three perfect children who want nothing more than to be with me, and I am screwing it all up because I drink way too much. I have always loved the drink since college, but I would always binge drink. When I was doing this with my friends, I never thought much about the pro- it being a problem. Even still, when we are together, we all drink too much. I cut down in my 30s, but as soon as I had kids, after each one was born, I was right back on booze, and with each one, it became so much worse. Since the last one came along, I have steadily become a daily drinker, and within the past few months, it is quite scary. I know my husband knows it is a problem, but it is like he doesn't want to say anything to me about it. I am always scared that I have ruined my health, but more importantly, my relationship with my kids. I work out daily, I run marathons, I am involved in all of the kids' activities, but as soon as we are home safely, I start drinking immediately to cope. But the weird thing is that all my life, I wanted to be married and have kids, so now why do I have to drink to cope? I am stopping today, or I am afraid I will not be around to see my kids grow up. I just can't do this anymore. It is too exhausting to get up each day and face myself in the mirror with shame and guilt, and I know my kids know even though I know my kids know, even though they are young. Oh. This next submission is called God Grant Me. I didn't mean for this to happen. I guess no one does, but I really didn't because I should know better. Hi, I'm Kristen. My family has a history with addiction, mostly alcohol, and they say this disease can be genetic. But in the nature versus nurture game, I thought I was in the clear. My parents both quit drinking before I was born, years before I was born. So I never saw the addiction and never learned the addiction. I thought I was in the clear, but I'm not. And I need to come to terms with that because I've got a kid that I love more than anything. Me, I hate to say it, but I'd gamble if it were just me, but it's not. I read recently that sudden infant death syndrome deaths increased drastically on New Year's Day because caretakers are too drunk to manage putting their kids to sleep properly. And while I want to judge and shame the parents, I can't. I've been drunk in the years since my son was born. Too drunk. I don't drink every day, and so I tell myself that I'm okay. But when I drink, it's a lot. It's unhealthy. It's too much. And sometimes, I can't remember. Sometimes, I black out. And I'm scared. I'm scared of what I might do, scared of what I did do. I'm also scared of the words, I need to quit. Because I'm ashamed. I'm so ashamed I can't handle this. I'm ashamed that I'm not better than some stupid gene in my body. I do so well sometimes, but doing well just gives me an excuse to tell myself that I'm okay. And then I get together with friends and they they refill my glass to be nice. And they refill it again because I'm drinking so quickly. I start to lose track of how many times they refill it. I'm not doing it myself. It's okay if I'm not doing it myself, right? But still, it gets refilled. 
And eventually, I start to do it myself, even though I know better, because I'm too drunk to care. And my son sleeps. I don't drink while he's awake, which makes it okay, right? Please, God, I pray, let him stay asleep. Let him be safe, because he is not safe with me now. Please don't let him need me to care for him, because I'm not equipped to right now. Let him stay asleep and be safe. Praying that prayer is disgusting. Knowing this, why can't I tell them to stop pouring? Why can't I tell them what I am? Here's a secret. I relished being pregnant. Not only was I growing a beautiful life inside me, but no one pressured me to drink. Well, one person pressured me to drink. But he didn't really want to be around me while I was pregnant anyway. Getting pregnant lost me a friend. Well, not really a friend. A drinking buddy. While I was pregnant, I didn't have to explain to people that I couldn't drink because I can't control myself. I didn't have to tell them how awful I am when I drink. But I'm going to have to start explaining because I can't be pregnant forever and I can't keep drinking. Why can't I tell people what I am? Because it's my shame. I want to be normal. I put on a good act most of the time. But I'm not normal. And I don't think people will understand that. I think they'll try to talk me out of quitting. Or they'll just stop talking to me altogether because who wants one of those people in their life? Those that do understand how I am? Calling myself a drunk would be calling them drunks too. And that would just be impolite. Hi, I'm Kristen, and I still can't say it. I feel like saying it would let my parents down. They worked so hard to never bring this into my life, but I slid here anyway. But I have to say it, because I'm not safe, because I don't want to die, or endanger anyone else, or lose my husband, or put my child at risk, or lose a child to sudden infant death syndrome because I'm too drunk to care for them. I hate myself when I wake up in the morning after drinking. I cry copiously. I apologize to my husband. Profusely, I apologize to him. I hate that I drank so much. I hate that I don't remember how much I drank. I hate me. I've sworn off it before, but it doesn't stick because I can't admit to my friends what I am. Maybe I haven't wanted to admit it to myself either. Hi, I'm Kristen, and I'm an alcoholic. Do you ever wish for a little bit of recovery inspiration on the go? Tiny Bubbles is a new podcast that brings you the best bits of the Bubble Hour podcast in quick little episodes, just 15 minutes long, but packed with wisdom, insight, and encouragement to live your life wholeheartedly and alcohol-free. Look for Tiny Bubbles wherever you get podcasts and subscribe today. Tiny Bubbles. Little bits of recovery goodness brought to you by the Bubble Hour. Sometimes all you need is a little pep talk so you can get back to living that beautiful life you're building. The next post is called 5 a.m. Confession. I woke my husband up at 5 a.m. this morning and told him that I wanted to stop drinking and I needed his help. He held me and said how pleased he was that I had made this decision and what did we need to do to make this possible. Since having my beautiful baby daughter seven months ago, I have been drinking pretty much every day. Why wouldn't I? There has to be some perks to not being able to breastfeed, surely. There have been far too many nights when I have fallen asleep on the couch, passed out actually, not remembered going to bed or slept in my clothes, half-dressed since my darling girl has been alive. There have been many times when my husband could not wake me in the night to help out with a crying newborn. If we were meant to be a team approaching new parenthood, I certainly have let my side down. I have fought with him, cried at him, screamed at him, 
All while, all while chugging down Chardonnay or vodka, I have been a really lousy wife. I don't like how drinking makes me feel after the drinking is done. The anxiety, the self-doubt, the disappointment in myself that I can't just have a drink to relax. I drink to be drunk. I like being drunk. I drink because I am bored, doing the washing, cleaning the house, cooking the dinner. It's all more enjoyable with a couple of drinks on board. But that is not normal and not the way to live life. I want to be present in my life. I want to have a clear head and be rested in the mornings. I don't like 5 a.m. anxiety worries. I choose my family over booze. I must. There is far too much to lose otherwise. I have been doing lots of reading on the Internet. I identify with so many of the women's stories on blogs like Crying Out Now. I am pleased to know that I am not alone. There is support out there that doesn't involve labeling yourself in front of others. I have always had my issues with drinking. I have made a fool of myself on too many occasions to remember, even if I could remember. This is not a new revelation for me. But admitting it and saying it out loud to the only other person in the world who has as much invested in me as me means I can't hide behind the rose-tinted wine glasses anymore. I am not a social drinker. I am a drinker-drinker. I can't have one glass of wine. I have to have a whole bottle. I cannot take or leave alcohol. I am not indifferent to its charms. I love it, but it hates me. It is going to be a tough time ahead. I know that. There is nothing I look forward to more than the drink at the end of the day. But I am just going to have to find something else to look forward to, like my husband com coming home from work or cuddling my baby daughter. I am going to buy myself treats, get massages, facials, buy new shoes and handbags. I will reward myself in a non-liquid way. I will get support from the man I love and blogs like this. I will give a darn good try and take each day as it comes. Today is the first day of loving myself just that little bit more. That's beautiful. Okay, so a brave mom tells a hard truth and starts day seven. I stumbled upon this site and, and am so grateful to have found it. I didn't think there were any other mothers out there like me. I am educated. No one in my family is an alcoholic. I so I can't be, right? Today is day six of being sober. You see, last week I started drinking one afternoon from a beer tap in the garage at 3 p.m., left my baby in her high chair to drive to get more wine, then later left her in the high chair and drove to get food. When I was driving home, I hit a parked car on my street, but in my drunken stupor thought it wasn't a big deal. A hit and run. I vaguely remember trying to shove a spoon in my baby's mouth to get her to eat baby food, only to see her crying. I remember the look on her face. My eyes well up just writing about it. I was being mean. I felt mean at the time, I remember. I pass out and I don't remember the rest of the night, and I wake up at 4 a.m. only to remember that I think I hit a car last night. I run outside to see a huge piece missing from my car. I wake up my husband and told him what happened and start sobbing like I have never before, saying, what's wrong with me? We go out to the street to find the car I hit, but it's gone. There is only a piece of my front car found on the street. I wish I could say this is the first time I've passed out, blacked out, left my baby to run to get more booze, but it's not. I feel embarrassed, confused, sad. I make an appointment with a therapist who wants me to go to a meeting, but I'm not ready yet. My husband says maybe I am overwhelmed with motherhood. I explained to him, yes, it can be boring and yet overwhelming, but I have been drinking like a drunk long before I was a mother. This wasn't an isolated incident. My husband is in the beer biz, great, right, and a moderate drinker. 
He keeps everything in the garage, which I obviously avoid. We have agreed to cancel our New Year's plans to go to a party and are going to do something quiet and nice at home instead. Yesterday I met a mom at the playground and realized it was the first time I had been there and not been hungover. I had a great conversation with her. It was real. The past year, past couple of years, I have been living in a fog. I want to feel things again. It's been a long time. Today is day six being sober, and I have been very emotional. A song will make me cry, but I feel good. I have an amazing family, husband, baby, friends, and life. Today I am sober, and for that I am forever grateful. I love that one. The next submission is called, quote-unquote, I'm not that bad. This kept me drinking. My story is not a tragic one. No DUIs, although I deserved many of them. No arrests, no ultimatums, no embarrassing moments of being woken up by sprinklers in the front yard and nothing but a thong as children walk to school. My kids still loved me and so did my husband. My father celebrates 19 years of sobriety this year. It's a miracle and I'm so proud of him. Growing up, I watched him drink beer after beer after beer every night. I never saw him drunk, never heard him yell. He was a loving and attentive father and a doting husband to my mother. When I was 18, my mother left him. As their only child, I then watched as our family crumbled. Soon after she left, my dad checked himself into treatment and told me he was an alcoholic. Alcoholic, I thought. But we live in a gated community. My dad drives a Mercedes. He only drinks beer. I scoffed at the notion that he was an alcoholic. Your father is what is called a functional alcoholic, I was told by a counselor. I flatly told her she was wrong. Little did I know then what was in store for me. I binge drank at parties and out at clubs with my friends and boyfriends throughout my 20s, just like everyone I knew. I went in and out of an eating disorder as well, starving myself and purging with exercise to whittle my body down to what I thought would make me happy and others to love me. I controlled every piece of food that went into my body and my worth depended on the number on the scale and the size of my genes. When I had my first child, I finally and thankfully put my eating disorder behind me. I was married to an amazing man and all my dreams were coming true. Looking back, I think my alcoholism was lying dormant, waiting for me to need it, waiting for me to be vulnerable, waiting for me to turn to it. I know now that when I couldn't or wouldn't cope with life by abusing my body with lack of food and too much exercise, I turned to alcohol. I can't pinpoint when exactly my downhill spiral started, but it definitely picked up speed after the birth of my second child, two years after my first. I was bored being a stay-at-home mom. I was overwhelmed, stressed, and longing for something else. And yet, I would sit on my couch with a glass of wine watching Intervention and see other shows about alcoholics and think, well, at least I'm not that bad. Last year, after my children turned three and one, I remember that December drinking an entire bottle of wine in one evening. I felt so ashamed and swore I would cut back. My husband is not a drinker, so mostly I was afraid he would see how much I was drinking and confront me. However, I was never drunk. I never yelled. I had it all under control. That's when I, kn- that's when I know I, for- I, sorry. That's when I know I formally crossed the line and became a functional alcoholic. Drinking a bottle of wine a night became normal for me. Some nights I would only drink two glasses, but it was to prove that I could, not really because I didn't want any more. Other nights, I would drink a whole bottle after drinking two afternoon beers. Pretty quickly, I started planning my daily activities around drinking. If it were a date night with my husband, I would insist that we go out to dinner, because if he went to the movies like he wanted to, I wouldn't be able to drink freely. 
I would also plan ahead how much time I would need to get at least two drinks down before we went out. If it was a mom's night out, I always had a drink ahead of my girlfriends, and if they didn't finish theirs, I gladly would. At times, I would promise myself I wasn't going to drink for a couple of days, and I actually wouldn't buy any at the grocery store. Come 4 o'clock that same day, the anxiety was so severe, I would put the kids in the car and rush back to the store for a bottle or two of wine and something else that I quote-unquote forgot. I found myself justifying drinking earlier and earlier, and it got to the point where I would drink two to three glasses of wine before my husband even got home from work, which was usually around 4.30. I would put my glass in the dishwasher, and half an hour after he came home, I would pull out a clean new glass so he would think I was just having my first one of the night. A couple of times, I found myself with the refrigerator door open, and open, drinking straight from the bottle as he was pulling into the driveway, just to get a few more ounces down. And once, towards the end, I poured wine into an empty soda can at 2.30 in the afternoon so I could play outside with my kids and no one would know I was drinking. All of these things I just mentioned, I always had a pretty long moments where the liar in me became paralyzed long enough to think, normal people don't do this. I must have a problem. And then I would do my best to push those thoughts away. Why? Because I could not imagine not drinking. I felt it was all I had left. And when I admitted that, I 100% knew I was an alcoholic. I was so sick and tired of obsessing. The constant stream of thoughts all pertaining to the alcohol, the drinking itself, or my feelings about it. It had become bigger than me. I could no longer ignore the voice inside me that was done whispering. It was now yelling for me to stop. And so I did. Today I have 60 days of sobriety. I'm slowly getting my spirit back. The best part is that I'm lucky enough that my kids will not remember me drinking. They won't remember me guzzling from the bottle or rushing back to the store for wine in a panic. And if you're reading this and thinking that you too aren't that bad, well, maybe you're not. Neither was I. But only you know when it's bad enough. And what sticks with me is that true alcoholics don't get any better. We just get worse. I didn't want to wait around to experiment with that. Take Good Care is a new collection of recovery readings inspired by the Bubble Hour. If you love the encouragement and support you find here on this podcast, then this new book is for you. Visit thebubblehour.com for more information or check the show notes for a link to purchase. You'll find Take Good Care on Amazon Worldwide. Take Good Care, recovery reading inspired by the Bubble Hour, the perfect gift for yourself and friends. Others find the message of recovery we champion on the Bubble Hour. Plus, get access to the entire backlist ad-free by joining us on Patreon. Patron support helps with the ongoing expense of making free versions of the show available, as well as the cost to make new content like our spin-off podcast, Tiny Bubbles. Become a Bubble Hour patron today at patreon.com slash thebubblehour and help us help others through stories of strength and hope. The exchange. Today marks four months sober. If you would have told me six months ago or a year ago that I would quit drinking, I never, ever would have believed you. In fact, I would have laughed at you and opened another beer. It was part of me. Sometimes I thought it was my better half. But I had to exchange my better half for for a better life. This exchange for a clean life was one that was a long time coming. I knew a year earlier that I had a problem. 
but I talked myself out of it. I rationalized my drinking with the best of them. I never had a DWI and was completely functioning at work, so there was no way I had a problem. But there was a major problem. I had gone from drinking excessively on the weekends to drinking every night. One or two beers was never enough. Once I had the first taste, I needed at least six, eight, or ten. I used, I used it as a way to handle my anxiety level, which was through the roof. As a mom of young children, a wife of a full-time employee, I had a lot on my plate. A wife and a full-time employee, sorry. I had a lot on my plate, and the alcohol made it all better, or so I thought. Slowly but surely, I was addicted. I needed it every night to manage the nighttime routine. I needed it on the weekends to make it through, at, and at the time to start drinking slowly got earlier and earlier in the day. I convinced myself it was okay for the short term, but that I would quit eventually, but I really didn't want to quit. I started forgetting things that would happen, including discussions with my husband. I was waking up every morning feeling incredibly sick. I couldn't think or process anything very well. I was struggling to get the correct words out sometimes. I was not present in my kids' lives. I was there all right, but I couldn't enjoy the moments laughing with them, reading a story, or playing outside because I was thinking about the next beer, all because I had exchanged my health for alcohol. So I made the decision to exchange my crutch, alcohol, for health and happiness with my family. I knew if I kept drinking, something bad would happen, and I was killing my body little by little with each drink. I wanted to be a mom and a wife present in the family. I wanted to be healthy. I wanted to find other ways to manage my anxiety, and I didn't want to be the drunk to my family and friends. Most people in life exchange a shirt, exchange a car for a new one, exchange one house for another one, and so on. I had to make an exchange that got me, that got me back my life and health. I would be life, it would be life-changing and huge. I don't know how I got the strength to stop drinking that Sunday in March, but I did, and I haven't picked up alcohol since. And I'm a better wife, mom, and human being for it. My mind is clear. I'm working out. I am present in the moments, even if my anxiety level is at an all-time high. I can tell you it's not easy. And many times I get angry that I can't have one or two drinks with friends or go out to a happy hour and connect with anyone over a pitcher. I'm mad, at, I'm mad I ruined my relationship with alcohol, so at 34, I had to put it down for good. I never thought I would be here, but here I am, and it makes me angry. But I do know I had to do it, and my anger will be out of, outweighed over time by an amazing life with my family. And I did make one more exchange. I traded an alcohol for coffee. And now going to bed after a warm cup of coffee and knowing that I'll wake up with a crystal clear mind is one of the best moments of my day. That's great. Thank you. The next one is called Beyond My Wildest Dreams. I'm a stay-at-home mom who drank like it was my job. I was so resentful at motherhood and all the sacrifices that came with it. I knew my children were gifts and blessings, but yet all I wanted was mommy time, mommy's wine time. I was the mom with the cleanest house, Laundry always put away, not a dish in the sink. You could eat off my floor. I always made sure I was put together and appeared to look good on the outside, but inside I was so empty and lost. I found comfort in what started off as an innocent glass or two of wine to unwind as I was making dinner for my family. I thought I deserved it. 
I'm home all day with my children. No outlet to socialize with other adults, so I deserve this glass. Well, that glass or two turned into a magnum of wine at night, and at the time of day I poured the first glass got earlier and earlier. This did not happen overnight. The progression took a couple of years before it, before it spiraled so out of control that it was pure chaos. I was hiding magnums all over the house so that my husband couldn't keep track of how much was missing out of the bottle in the fridge. I was putting my wine in the to-go coffee mugs to take my kids to the park. I couldn't bring them to sports practice without having it on the sidelines. My marriage was falling apart because of my drinking. By the time my husband got home from work, I was nearly in a blackout, yelling and screaming because I was home all day with the kids, filled with rage and resentment. Each time the fight happened, I would swear off drinking for that night. I'm taking the night off, is what I would tell myself and my husband. Somehow, by midday the following day, I would wind up right back in the same place with my magnum of wine. The insanity was that I really believed things would be different this time. I will control it tonight. I won't start any fights. The pattern was never any different and always had the same outcome. I had an abusive relationship with alcohol. It was so painful. Each encounter had a devastating effect, and yet I would still go back for more each night, seeking comfort in the bottle. In August, the fighting with my husband got so bad that he left. I knew I didn't want my marriage to end, and so I was desperate for help. I never wanted to admit defeat. Admitting I was an alcoholic meant I could never drink again. This petrified me. How will I get through the day? How will I socialize? I was desperate to save my marriage, and so I went to rehab for 21 days. This is where the seed for recovery was planted. After I left rehab, I started going to recovery meetings. I started to see the light. The stories of other men and women who have gone before me were such an inspiration. I started to feel like there was hope, light at the end of my dark, miserable tunnel. I would keep coming back because that's what I was told. I didn't leave rehab and get it right away. It took a few slips and slides before I had to completely surrender to the fact that I was, and I am, an alcoholic. I am now 10 months sober, and I can't believe the growth that has happened in my life. It is a miracle that I have not picked up a drink in 10 months. I attribute this miracle to God working in my life, sometimes directly and sometimes through my sober friends. People from recovery have transformed and touched my life in ways that can't be described. I have a sense of peace and serenity within my life now that I never thought was possible. My family dynamic has taken on new meaning. I am a sober mom today who is present for my children. I am an honest and trustworthy wife who can be held accountable. These are all miracles that are now present in my everyday life, and it's all because I put down the drink and started working a program of recovery. My life, it's now truly beyond my wildest dreams. That's beautiful. Okay, the miracle. Today I feel like the world is spinning out of control. I have a gift today, though, since working through the 12 12 steps of my recovery program to know that it is my head spinning out of control. I am loved and I can love. My daughter is tucked in bed and sleeping. I have a roof over my head and food on the table. I have a strong network of sober women in my life and a sponsor to call. So what could really be wrong? There are times when the lonely feeling creep back, feelings creep back in. They make me feel like I am alone in a room full of people. They make me feel like I will be single for the rest of my life with no one to share the goings-on of a busy life. They make me feel like I don't have a voice, that maybe I'm not good enough at, at what I do. The miracle is I don't have to pick up a drink or a drug tonight. 
I don't have to wipe out my feelings, the ones I can identify and those that lie underneath with anything. I can ride the rest of this day out utilizing the tools I have to relieve my pain and to wake up clear-headed without guilt and shame tomorrow. The only way I can do this tonight and any other night that the lonely strikes is by remembering that I am an alcoholic. I have tried it my way. It doesn't work. I am powerless over drugs and alcohol. My life will be, become unmanageable if I pick up a drink tonight. I will not take this chance. I am worthy of life. I am living as a sober woman right now. Tomorrow will be another day. I love that. The next uh, position is called Freedom. I get up at 4 or 5 in the morning now and not to suck down some water and aspirin in in an attempt to be able to function when it is time to get up, to really get up and start my day. I get up because I wake up and I feel good. I feel good because I have been sober for almost eight months. No more familiar feeling of opening my eyes and trying to remember exactly what happened last night. Discover just how badly I am hungover. What a horrible feeling to try to shift through vague memories clouded with too much beer or wine. From the first time I drank, I loved it. Vividly remember standing in a friend's bathroom in 10th grade, drunk, and loving the feeling. Thoughts running through my head at the time were, I love this feeling. I could drop out of school and drink all the time and feel like this, and it would be fantastic. Never mind that some other high school memories of drinking involved being so drunk that I threw up and wet the bed at a party when it seemed like a good idea to lay down for a while and having to be carried out of that party. Throwing up at numerous parties in the bathroom. College was great because everyone drank, and some even more than me. Beer was readily available, and I loved it. Again, though many memories of passing out in the bathroom, falling and hitting my head at times, and giving myself the black eye, I remember several times standing in the bathroom and falling back into the tub and hitting my head on it very hard, and then getting up and drinking some more. From the start, I wondered if I had a problem. I graduated from high school with honors and college with a great GPA. I held the same job since my first year of college, even though I called in sick at times and came to work hungover more often than not. But then so did many others who worked there. I went back to school to work on my master's degree, and I got it. I got my first professional job and was successful at work. I was still drinking. Get up in the morning and count how many beers were in the fridge so that I could figure out how many I drank. Too many, always. I remember being giddy one day because I was going to get to drink that day. I literally made up a song about how I was, it was a drinking day. I was that excited. I had many attempts to moderate drinking. I've had several jobs now. I left them all for better jobs. I can truthfully say that there are very few times that I let drinking affect my professional life. My guess is that the people that I worked around would never have guessed that I was a functioning alcoholic. I could be wrong, but I was always at work. I did my job and then some, and I took on additional duties. I stayed late. I even purchased my own home all by myself in a great neighborhood. One of my favorite things about the neighborhood was that I could walk to the bars and walk home. I was drinking more during the week now because there was no one around to tell me not to. Made a few feeble attempts at stopping that would last a few days. Top. Then I got pregnant. The best surprise of my life. The day I found out I had been drinking and I had just stocked up on more wine and cigarettes because it was a Friday. I stopped drinking and smoking while I was pregnant. It was hard, but I was not going to harm my baby. I even had a very horrible loss during my pregnancy and wished like hell I could drink, but I didn't. Thankfully, my baby was born healthy, and even though I drank heavily for the first nine weeks because I didn't know I was pregnant, she is born, and I breastfed so I didn't drink for several more months. I stopped breastfeeding. I went six months, which was my goal, so now I could drink more freely. 
Now, when pregnant, I promised that I would not drink around my baby, but it seemed harmless enough. She didn't know what was happening. Keep it, I kept it somewhat under control for a while, and then, of course, I drank more and more. And when I did drink, and more and more in front of my baby girl. I kept it up until she was two, old enough to say, Mommy, you want a beer? I always made sure that my husband was around to take care of our daughter. He never said anything. Even when I would come home wasted on a regular basis and be the obnoxious drunk that I could be. My husband and daughter do not deserve me to be a drunk. So I read books and I pray and I tell my friends and my husband that I am done. I have tried to quit before but never shared that with anyone. So that when I failed, I was the only one who knew. When I told my wonderful husband, he seemed to think that I was exaggerating my problem. My friends pointed out that everyone gets drunk sometimes, but really didn't disagree that I took it to extremes too often. It sucked, and it still does at times, and there have been days that I spend the entire day thinking about drinking. There have been times that I have decided to have a drink, just one, no big deal, but by the grace of God, I haven't. I couldn't moderate drinking for 20 years, so why would I be able to now? Now I have been sober almost eight months, and I am so grateful for that. Thank you so much for listening to this special version of the Bubble Hour. This is a shorter version of the original recording. Remember, full-length audio is available for our Patreon members. There's a link in the show notes. That's all for this episode. Thank you for listening. From everyone at the Bubble Hour, please take good care. I own it. I did that. Not proud, but that was me. And when I face it, I take back a little dignity. Not looking for excuses I just want to be free From the power Weakness had on me In a dark corner Is where shame lies to hide We oh, you think you're strong Just cause you'll keep it on the side It just stays and wait there Rob you of your pride Turn the light on, turn the light on You can shine When you see the I did that Not proud but that was me And when I face it I take back a little dignity I'm not looking for excuses I just want to be free
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.